You're listening to the Be So Good podcast with Colin Pierce. Colin says you are 10 times better than you think. So why not be so good they can't ignore you? Here he is, Colin Pierce. I would say Michael Harrison's success uh, in selling insurance, in banking, and in leadership comes down to two things, his ability to sell, to persuade, and to put a picture very clearly so that people want to do what he suggests will be good for them. And the other is the way that he can reduce things in strategy to simple formulae and to help people think through what to do that will work to their benefit now. And so I'd like to begin by asking you, Michael, what's your basic philosophy of selling? Um, There are a couple of things that I'd comment on. One is that people don't buy what you want to sell them. People buy what they want. And I think that's really important to understand the difference. So the question is always asking yourself, what do people really want? But You did that with shoes, with, with, yes, with the women. Very much. What very do they much. want? And although the yes. shoe was too small or the shoe was too big, if they wanted it... You helped them to buy it. Didn't let them have it. Helped them to buy it. Um, the, I, but I think I probably learned most from a guy named Alan Weiss. And Alan posed some interesting questions. I actually paid him to be my mentor at one stage of my career because I, I valued his advice. And his questions were, what do you want to sell? Who wants what you want to sell? How will you tell them you exist? How will you show them how they're going to benefit from knowing you? How will you get them to buy from you? And how will you get them to tell their friends? Now, when you actually analyze those sort of questions, um, and the first one is, um, what do you sell? Well, what do you sell is not just what do you sell, but what do you sell in terms of the results that people will get from dealing with you? It's like there's the old adage that um, people don't buy a drill because they want to own a drill. They buy a drill because they want to make a hole. Yeah. So what's the result that people will get when they deal with you? I mean, and I've asked you the question many times, what's the result that people will get when they deal with volunteers? Will they make more money? Will they become richer? Will they become better looking? Will they become thinner? Um, yeah, because these are basic human motivators and, you know, so. You're, basic, you're a real pain in the neck, aren't you? You had to bring up weight just because you've lost 10 kilograms and I haven't. It's a constant race and a battle to be outdone. No, look, it's, it's, it's a great analogy. People remember as well that stories sell. Actually, I, a fellow named Colin Pierce once upon a time wrote a sales course about stories and it was bloody good. He just didn't know how to sell it. <laughs> anyway, that's getting, getting off that topic. Um, the people, so the first question is, what do you sell in terms of the results that people are going to get? And then the next question is, who wants those results? Mm-hmm. So no point in selling something to someone who doesn't want that result. So, you know, there, there are, who, who wants to buy weight loss pills? Fat people. So how do you find fat people? Um, and 
how do you tap into them and how do you tell them the story that they're all going to think that they're going to get thin. Now, we all know fat loss pills don't work, but the bottom line still is that um, there's, a, there's a market for everything, but you've first of all got to find out who wants it. So that's first philosophy is what do you sell? Second one is who wants what you sell? Um, and, and it's interesting with financial services. When I was selling um, initially insurance and then later uh, more widely uh, accepted financial services, the same question applied. Um, if I was, there was no point in me trying to sell insurance to an 18 year old brickie who um, really didn't, didn't want to buy anything that represented anything more than having a beer or a smoke at the end of the day. Yep. Um, but the person who did want to uh, buy financial services was the family man who uh, was starting to own a home, pay off his home, have some kids, uh, cared about the future of his children, his family and so on. So he was my prospect. Now, I refined him even further by saying, okay, what sort of income does he need to have to make it appealing for me to want him as a client? Another important question. So now this is going down a different path from the one that I meet with so many sales people or people starting a new business. I say, well, who is your potential customer? And they respond with everybody, everybody needs this book. Everybody needs my talk. Everybody needs a car. Everybody needs a swimming pool. That ain't true. Well, that's the biggest fallacy of all time because not only does not everybody need it, but also um, that they don't want it either. And so um, I, I look at people and I say, okay, well, uh, who's got a need first of all, but secondly, um, can they afford it? Because no point in selling to poor people, you'll just end up one of them. Um, so you've got, to, you've got to work out who can afford what you've got to sell. Um, and so my rule of um, consulting, and I still do uh, some consulting outside of Synchron is, uh, unless a client has got a, a sufficient revenue stream and for me I'm I'm looking at a minimum revenue of about three million because that way um, you, you know I, I don't I can talk in terms of one percent of revenue being uh, a reasonable fee um, so unless unless they've got a reasonable revenue that's the starting point but also are they in an industry that I know something about and that I think has got some potential um, a lot of times, uh, especially with speakers, you'll find that um, they'll be uh, trying to sell something that uh, sounds really nice, you know, like um, uh, more serenity, for example, or something else that's very aesthetic, but um, nobody wants it. Um, that made me laugh. There could be people watching who are selling more serenity and you just made me laugh at them. You're so rude. Well, I, uh, the the problem with more serenity is it's not a, it's the first question is who wants it, and there's probably a lot of people who want it, and secondly, who's going to pay for it? I mean, the biggest the biggest question with all of these things is if you 
if you want to sell something to someone and be successful, you've got to find a market of people who will pay. Um, if you look at the if you look at the world today, especially the world in Victoria, where we're in lockdown, and um, then you've got to ask yourself, what sort of businesses are successful in this environment? Well, obviously, anything to do with home delivery is successful right now. Um, I, I mean, I, I look at it, I look at the home delivery services, and I see. Um, Every second day, roughly, I get a, a message from Australia Post telling me how everything's being delayed because of COVID, but other delivery services don't have the same problem. So you ask yourself, well, um, would I want to deal with Australia Post if they were, if I had a choice of carriers? And, you know, it's, it's like, uh, what are they selling? Who's the market? Can, can the market afford it? Um, and then you've got to deliver people today value service more than anything else now if i was meeting people um face to face or even if i was meeting um them online um again i want to learn a lot more about them and so the first thing is to pre-qualify and the way that i do that is again i've got a formula yeah i come back to my simple acronyms and my formula is the word form and form stands for family, occupation, recreation, and money. And let me just go through and explain that. So why do I want to know about their family? Well, if I find out that a fellow's just recently divorced and hates his wife, he probably isn't going to be a candidate for me for financial services. Um, if I find out on the other hand that he's happily married and he's got some kids and Maybe even one of those kids may have special needs that I can help him to provide a, a safe and sound future for that child, then he's going to be a potential prospect. Um, the O is occupation. What does he do? And that tells me not only what he does, but it tells me his income level, so can he afford it? It also uh, tells me what sort of people he's going to mix with. Um, another thing that is very valuable in the sales process. Recreation, what are his hobbies? What are his interests? Again, that tells you more about what circle does he mix with? And, you know, is he a golfer? And is he a member of one of the prestige golf clubs? Well, that gives me another clue about how he thinks and how he feels and what he, what's important to him. Um, if he's a fisherman, um, do I know something about fishing that we can share a story together? And, uh, you know, I used to like fishing at one stage of my career. Um, if he's a, uh, a grain nomad, for example, well, I've got no interest at all in being a grain nomad, so I don't know anything about caravans and caravan parks, but, um, but it tells me a bit about this person and what are their interests and finally, money, because uh, dreams have price tags. And so you can have a dream, but if you can't afford the dream, it doesn't help. So I've got to find a way to either show you how to reach that dream uh, in easy stages, that in increments that you can afford, or alternately, um, I've got to find another client. Uh, there's just no point in wasting time with someone who's 
completely incompatible. Do you consider having a little role play with me? I'll be somebody, I'll be a prospect. And uh, will you ask me some questions? You've just met me where? Uh, have you met me um, at a dinner, at a restaurant, or have you prospected, prospected me out of the phone book? Well, okay, I've met you at a function. So, um, uh, Colin, great to meet you. Uh, tell me, what do you do? Uh, I've got a uh, wholesaling, electrical wholesaling business. That sounds interesting. Mm. Um, what sort of products do you wholesale? Oh, everything from, uh, from conduit to switchboards. We're bits of specialists in, uh, in manufacture and supply of large switchboards. Okay, so how would I know if, uh, if I met someone who'd be a good prospect for you? What, what, what should I look for so that I could refer them to you? Oh, administrator of, of, or buyer at a hospital or a mining company, an oil rig company. Great. So you've now told me exactly what you want as a customer, right? I will now end the conversation at that point. And the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to leave that dinner or that function and I'm going to send you a text message that says, Colin, it was great meeting you. Um, over the next week, I'm going to think about who I might know that I can introduce you to that may be able to help. I'm not going to try and sell you anything at that stage. Um, and I'm going to leave it at that. So you've now received a text message and, you've, and we've met face to face. Yes. The next thing that you're going to get from me is going to be a little video clip. See, the beauty of iPhones today is... I can make a 30 second video and say, hey, Colin, it was really good meeting you last week. I've had a few ideas of people who I might be able to introduce you to. Why don't we have coffee one day so that we can have a chat and I can make sure I'm on the right track. Good. Now you'll notice that I haven't tried to sell you anything. I've, all I've done is tried to find ways I can help you. I'm building the relationship. Now, when we sit down to coffee, I'm going to ask you, tell me about your family. We've now had the initial meeting, the text message, the video, and the coffee. Four times that we've made contact, I'm now becoming familiar in your mind. I'm now becoming a more of an ally and a friend than I am someone trying to sell you something. So we sit down, we have coffee, and I learn about your family, and I learn about your kids and what they're doing, and I'll ask more questions than that about what they do. And then one of the next questions I'm going to ask you is, Cole, tell me, how do you relax? What do you do for relaxation, for fun? You got any hobbies or sports interests or uh, what? We've got a tennis court and a pool. Um, so Have you, Mike, your body shape doesn't represent that. <laughs> role play. I'm not being mean. Yeah, oh, that's I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> I get the message. Go on, keep going. Uh, yeah, kids spend a bit of time in the pool. I'm not much of a swimmer, but uh, I do a lot of uh, a lot of tennis. We have a tennis night. Get some of the. Oh, that's great. Local so, operatives come around. So and, you, you got a regular tennis circle. Yeah, yeah, we have and, Tuesday nights tennis club night. What are those guys? Are those guys mostly in the same sort of industry as you, or are they different industries? Uh, one's a uh, one owns photographic wholesaling. Um, other one's a, an accountant. 
for most of the businesses in town. The other one's in, uh, in household hardware, you know, like he owns a few mitre tens. Notice how I'm getting all this sort of information. Yep. How do you think I might use it later? <laughs> the mitre 10 guy is going to get a knock on his door. The, uh, uh, the electrical contractor is going to get a knock on his door and um, we'll bump into somebody else somewhere else. Yeah, that's, but the point about it is that I'm constantly getting information. I'm not trying to sell you anything. Mm -hmm. Now, if I'm in the financial planning business, I would probably at that point say, has anybody showed you how to maximise your tax effectiveness in your investments? Uh, well, this is a constant argument between me and the accountant. Uh, I keep asking him and he keeps not knowing. He's a great bloke, good tennis partner, enjoys a cool drink, but mm, no, is that what you do, Michael? So could I, well, what I do is, um, is really pretty simple. I, I take a look to see how somebody's invested at the moment, what's their current situation, and then I look and say, well, what are the opportunities for them? Um, and then uh, I work out a bit of a strategy that I might be able to help them with and uh, then sit down with them and go through it. Uh, would you like me to do something like that with you? Uh, yeah, because oh, we're, no, 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 I, I get it. I, I, I like you, Michael. You, you, you talk sense. Funny thing is you haven't said anything. You've only asked me questions, but I think you're a genius just because you were talking about me. This is a subject we are on about all the time. <laughs> uh, that's exactly, but that's exactly the point. You see, all I'm doing is I'm asking questions and learning because in asking questions, you are cementing in your mind your opinion of me and my ability. And the fact that I'm asking these questions, if you are getting into your mind, gee, this guy knows something about what he's talking about. This guy knows something about financial services. This guy knows something about advice. This guy knows something about fishing or yachting or whatever. I might be trying to sell you a boat. And I'd be demonstrating that by the questions I ask you, I would be demonstrating that I know something about the result. Remember, people do not buy your product or service, they buy the result of your product or service. Mm. Yes, they so buy that's the all whole. I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. It's, it's a pretty simple process, isn't it? Yes, form, family, occupation, recreation. recreation. And money because dreams have price tags. Money, dreams. So it's all information I want. But at the end of the day, I need to do a bit more than that because I need to be able to help you into whatever decision it is you'd like to make. <laughs> I don't know that I wanted to make one. Well, you didn't realise you wanted to make one. Yeah. But now you do, because now you realise that your accountant's not really helping you to maximise your investments, and everybody wants to end up being safe and secure. I mean, the great Australian dream is to end up owning your own home, having some investments, and not having to work for a living. Mm. 
Yes. Would, uh, so I would ask you, uh, yeah, it's interesting you should ask because we've been talking about whether or not to buy the building uh, we occupy and uh, rent's coming up for renewal and I'd like to make them an offer they can't refuse. Is there any tax advantage in that? Well, before I answer that, I need to understand a little bit about your business <laughs> and how it operates. Uh, it's like watching and a symphony orchestra. It's, it's perfect. You don't, oh, what do I usually say? I usually say there's nothing in the Bible, Quran or anything else that says thou shalt answer every question that is asked of you. And oh, so, many people, so many people would answer that question. Oh yeah, well, this, uh, you know, we've got this report and I could give that to you. But basically we've got three clients and they all got tax, tax, uh, uh, tax evasion uh, techniques for uh, buying their building. And uh, we'll put that into a trust. And you just said, well, before I answer that, well, before I answer that, I need to understand a little bit more about your business, about how you operate, what your plans are for expansion, whether the business, whether the building will be big enough for you in the longer term. Um, because now I understand, are you growing your business? Are you contracting your business? No, no, and I right. might even find out that you've got some key people in the business who I might want to help you to protect their futures down the track. Um, and so, and I want to find out more about your business cash flow to see, to see if you can support the mortgage payments. Uh, I might want to find out at that point, I'll be able to find out who your advisors are and who you bank with and all of those bit, little bit snippets of information, all of them become extremely useful. Indeed. Yes. And, and, and so the answer is, I don't know. I can't tell from looking at you how much good I can do for you or how I can help you. So in order to do that, I need to ask you a few questions. And it takes time and patience on your part. Sure uh, it does. To listen and to not want to rush straight in and try to close the order on the day. You got hate, it. Hate that mentality and those guys that try to do it. Why, why don't I tell you a, a different story? So we're just before the 30th of June and I've decided that it's time to upgrade my car. And so uh, in the back of my mind, I've got, I'm going to buy either a, uh, a BMW X3 or an Audi Q5. Yeah, so anyway, I went to a BMW car dealership and uh, we reached an agreement. It was good timing because it was before the 30th of June, so I could claim back the GST and I could get the tax deduction that Scott Morrison was introducing um, and so on. Um, and so uh, I, we reached a deal and um, he introduced me to his uh, fleet sales person to write up the paperwork and the guy wrote up the paperwork and gave me a contract which I signed and um, I just assumed it was going to be the same as the deal we'd done, left it at that. Um, and uh, away I went, came back and picked up my car. Car was very nice, did exactly what I wanted, got it when I wanted. Then about a week later, I went into the BMW uh, place uh, to get my wife's car serviced. And um, the sales manager came over to me, he said, um, well, he said, first words, I got into trouble for your deal. I said, 
why did you get into trouble for selling me a car? He said, oh, he said, we made a mistake in the paperwork and gave it to you too cheap. I said, well, I said, all I know is that you sent me a contract and you sent me an email telling me how much you wanted me to pay and that's the amount I paid. Um, oh, yeah, he said, I, I didn't check the, the paperwork properly and, you know, you, you got it a few thousand dollars too cheap. In other words, what he'd done actually is he put in the corporate fleet rate instead of the small business fleet rate. But anyway, that's beside the point. So here's a guy, instead of saying, congratulations on your car, and, you know, have you ever, have you thought about when you might want to upgrade your wife's car, let's stay in touch, he did exactly the opposite. So reverse the situation. So I, I'm a car salesman, Colin, what sort of car are you looking for? Um, well, I've delayed the decision because I'm halfway between wanting a smaller car and yet uh, keeping, keeping the options of being able to poke a long piece of wood through the boot to the back seat so that I can bring it home and make something. Okay, so is, is the ability to carry goods in the car important to you? Only periodically, you know, once every couple of months when I want to want to bring home something uh, heavy from the hardware store. Now, I noticed that you're um, you're starting to advance in years a little bit. Do you ever have any back problems? Do you need yes. a car that is easier to get in and out of? Yes, it's quite a strain to uh, pick up things out. Okay. I get the man at the store to put it in, but I can't get it out. And. Um, and so do you, do you have any, any particular make or model that you like? Um, well, the, my three sons have Audis and uh, I'm not happy with them looking down on me in my Mitsubishi 380. Right, so, um, so prestige is important in terms of a brand name. Well, yes. I suppose. Okay, so I, know, so I know I know a real knob of a bloke who can't drive anything else but a BMW, and I don't want to be like him. But well, that's fair enough. So, so I think from what I'm hearing at the moment is that you need a car that is not too low on the ground because you want to be able to get in and out fairly comfortably. Uh, you need the ability to have maybe back seat that folds down so that you can put some gear, some gear in it when you need to carry something. Yes. Um, and uh, you'd like something that's got quite a, a nice uh, prestige brand without going over the top. Does that sound right? You've got that in one. And again, we can interrupt here and say, not once in this little prologue did you say, come with me, got just the car for you. Uh, you've listened well no i'm not i'm not there yet what i'd like to do now is i'd like to uh get you to test drive a car to see if it meets those sorts of criteria just to make sure that you're comfortable before we even start to talk about what the options are so let me lend you a car for a day and see if you're comfortable with it if you feel good and then we can talk about whether that is the sort of thing that meets your needs. And then I could look around and see whether I can find maybe even a demo that 
is not too old that we can give you a pretty good discount on um, something, something like that. Does that sound like it might suit? Yes, although my financial planner says I should probably buy a new car because there are more tax deductions involved. A chap called Michael, quite, uh, he's got quite a head for money. Is this big slot right down the top. Well, why don't we look at the options and we can work out the numbers both ways. So, because with a demonstrator, it, it's got new car benefits in terms of tax benefits, uh, but it may be able to offer you an extra few thousand dollars discount uh, from the purchase price. So why don't we compare the two after, there's no point in doing it though until you've had a car for a day and you've driven it and you feel comfortable. Okay, throw me the keys. There you go. Yeah. Yes, uh, gently leading forward the whole idea of your philosophy of asking questions, listening, getting the message from the customer who, or the prospect, who is telling you what he wants. Doesn't know exactly, but you've helped him suddenly be a great decision maker. That's exactly right. But he's also, I'm also helping him to paint a picture in his mind of where he wants to end up. Mm. Mm. Exactly. And uh, I think that probably brings us to a very good conclusion that it's all about a system, a system that enables you to sell by following the system and it gives you a power of persuasion without actually having to speak loud, point your finger or bang somebody in the chest. Well, that's the way I like to do business. Not everyone works that way. Sometimes you've got to plant seeds in order to let your garden grow and not what I'm doing is planting seeds by asking questions. Yeah, indeed. Okay, well, I'm saying Colin, thank you very much. Always, always good to chat. Have a great day. Thank you and the same to you. See you. You've been listening to Be So Good with Colin Pierce. For more episodes, check the playlist at colinpierce.com slash podcast. And don't forget to drop a review in the iTunes listing.